Secrets of the Sire. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Sire Studios digital network. That's youtube.com slash Sire Studios, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire. You can go to secretsofthesire.com. Find our podcast on all podcasting apps immediately following this live stream. It's on Apple, Spreaker, Spotify, Google, Anchor, iHeart, you name it. We're out there. Uh, we are also on the Castworks Comedy Network Comedy Channel. We love them. Tonight on Secrets of the Sire, Ben on his Batman exit. Sonic booms at the box office. Birds of Prey still busts. And we welcome Todd Black for his Todd's Top 10 comics you should be reading. Uh, he will spin the comic to movie racks with us. I am your host, Michael Dolce, as always joined by my cohort in crime, the lord of the live stream himself, Mr. Hassan Godwin. How you doing, sir? Yeah, it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday, and as you just so eloquently asked me, you're like, what are we talking about today? That's <laughs> what we're talking about today. We are talking about... The fact about, that it's Wednesday, we're talking about Wednesday. We are talking about Wednesday, we are talking uh, Sad Ben Affleck, which uh, that, that story kind of came out today, which was pretty good. Uh, we are talking Sonic Booming, we are talking Birds of Prey, uh, but we're going to start tonight our opening credits uh, with a link you sent me last week, which was pretty cool. Uh, Hopper Lives, Stranger Things Season 4 teaser reveals David Arbor's... Is it Arbor or Harbor? I think it's Harbor. I've heard Harbor. it pronounced Harbor. I want to I wanna, I wanna pronounce a silent H. I'm like compelled to. I don't know why. David Harbor's return. Uh, this is from Entertainment Weekly. It's official. David Harbor's chief, Jim Hopper, will in fact return for Stranger Things Season 4, and there's a teaser video to prove it. Uh, Harbor himself has been trying to throw people off the scent after, spoiler alert, his character seemingly met his end in the underground Russian facility back in season three. Uh, at the end of season three in a post-credit sequence, operatives at a snowy Russian facility made mention of an American being held in their custody. Uh, the new teaser confirms Hopper is there, is that captive, and he's been forced into working on some kind of railroad with other prisoners. A uh, couple real quick comments uh, before I get into the big question that I think you and I started talking about last week. Doesn't necessarily mean the American that they have in custody was Hopper. It just means they have Hopper in custody. That could be a separate American. Uh, yeah. That is that is being held prisoner right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, it could be. Said teaser video was pretty pretty sparse with uh, reveals. Yeah, but it got right to the point. Like it didn't. You know, it was like okay, is Stranger Things? Hopper's back. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You know, please please be there. Yeah, <laughs> please, please support us. You know, and that's that's about it. I mean, that was it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think everybody. It's like it's like um, I don't even. Know, it's like what kind of mystery is it? It's like it was like um, uh, Endgame. Like everyone knows, all these characters are coming back. You know, right, right. Like Marvel's not going to kill off their entire universe, but. You know, getting into the spirit of the the adventure of it, getting into the spirit of the cliffhanger in and of itself, yeah. Getting into the um, getting into the, the the zeitgeist of you know what the the actual event that it is. Mm -hmm. People were like, I want to know exactly. I know they're all coming back, but I want to know exactly how they're coming back. Right. right, right. So, um, everybody knew Hopper was still alive. Yeah. Everybody kind of like. There's not a lot. Of, I mean, there there were a couple of permutations where people were like, mm, maybe, maybe, maybe he's not dead. You know, maybe he, David Harbor is done. Maybe he's moving on. Next season's gonna be their last season. So yeah, maybe you know, he turns well, into well. the Red Guardian in season four. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then and then uh, uh, eleven. And then, fights, and then we find uh, out Netflix was bought by Marvel, and we're yeah, just, eleven and fights we're like, Taskmaster. Oh, yeah. and you're yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, but. It's just kind of one of those things where, like, all right, he's probably coming, but he's one of the he's one of the biggest things in the show, right? And it, the way they they the, the way they got rid of him was kind of unceremonious enough, where it would fit in the Game of Thrones kind of Walking Dead pantheon of things to do to f with your audience, yeah. But it just wouldn't work with the uh, with the with the format of the show. Right. So we all knew he was kind of coming back. We just didn't know how. 
and you know, and and you know, and we didn't know when. Right. The thing that was more shocking than than Hopper uh, reveal was the fact <laughs> was the fact that Stranger Things was coming back. That so wait, so wait. It, 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 <laughs> that's exactly the point I wanted to talk about. This is like sometimes. Uh, you have these simpatico consciousness, stream of consciousness moments where we're thinking the exact same thing. And you actually messaged me. You're like, you're like, Hey, this thing's like coming back a lot sooner than it, than it normally was. And I remember the first in- thing I thought of was, I was like, wow, this was really fast. They must really be on a creative role here. Right. I mean, that's the only explanation. Why else would you come back so fast? Season the, the, the lapse between season one and season two was they, I, this is my humble opinion. I have no facts to back this up, but just speaking as a creator, I said they poured everything they had into season one. Uh, they had no idea it was going to be a phenomenon. They probably didn't even know if they were going to be renewed for a season two. Yeah, and then and then it became not only successful and renewed, but it came this like phenomenal smash hit. You know, uh, people talking about it. If there was a water cooler, but you know, I don't know if anybody actually talks around the water. What is cooler a water anymore. cooler? I have no idea what that is. I know. I know. All my water's cool, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, they, maybe they talk around the water filter now. I don't even know. Yeah, but, the water but, filter. <laughs> but, here's the, but here's the thing. Um, they probably were like, I, I don't know. What, what do you want to do for season two? I, I don't know. We, we, we kind of did everything. And, and so it took a while to come up with a season two. And then season two, well, some might argue was just as good. I, I won't. Uh, I, I don't think it was a huge drop off, but it it, it didn't have it didn't capture the same zeitgeist that uh, season one did. There's a there's a a period thought, of time between season two and three. I was just saying there's a period of time between season two and three where they probably had to sit down and really go back to the drawing board and go, you know what? Let's- I thought I thought season two came out the year after season one. I thought it was pretty quick. I mean, as as in the new normal. Yeah. Of what quickness is. Because it used to be a couple of months, right? You used to have to wait a couple of months. And then the right, show would come right. Back. The show would end in, so, in May and would be back in September. Exactly. Okay, so I think, I think the, the, around the time between seasons two and three was when a bunch of shows were starting to do this, pull this, ex, take an extra year off crap. Um, so Stranger Things took two years to come back. Yeah. Um, Westworld took two years to come back. Right. I'm uh, actually looking up the dates right now. Game of Thrones took two years to come back. And every time they came back, they came back weaker. Um, <laughs> except, for, except for season three of Stranger Things, which I actually very much enjoyed. Um, and also, uh, season three of Stranger Things was a season change. Because they went from winter to summer. Right. Um. So they went from school to summer vacation, at least. But I, I seem to remember Stranger Things season two came a year after. Not exactly a year after, but it, it came the next year. It was a year and a half later. I mean, it, it was essentially October. So it was July was season one of 2016. Okay. Uh, October of 2017. So it was a full year and a half. And then another year and a half. That's to not get a year to, and a half. 2016 July. Uh, that's a couple August, of, September, like, October. All right, so maybe a year and a quarter. Three months. <laughs> right. Yeah. A year and a quarter. And then season three came back out July of 2019. So it's, it's following. So, yes, it was probably a year and a half between yeah, season two, two years. Season that's, two, that's two solid years, though. That's not like they skipped a year. Right. They literally skipped over. Uh, well, um, no, I mean, no. It, look, October of 2017 – yeah, they skipped over all of 2018 and they came mm-hmm. back in the summer of 2019. So I'd say a full a full year and three quarters. So they okay. went from a year and a quarter to a year and three quarters. Yeah. So, oof. but but again, the the rational in my head, I'm I'm sitting there thinking and you got to do those you got to do those pretty quick, right? Yeah, because those kids are getting. Those kids are like forty now, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's gonna—they look hard like us. They got—they have beards. It's great. Yeah, exactly. It's great. gonna be hard to hide them them aging as fast. Yeah. As it. Um, yeah. So twenty. I mean, twenty twenty. You figure if it's coming back this season, that's that's a little that's crazy. Probably this summer. Probably in this summer. I mean, that would, be the, that would be the quickest. That would be the quickest. Maybe maybe in October. Maybe they'll maybe they'll do the full October. Uh, which actually would be the same amount of time, though, between uh, season one and season two. But but even still, that's it does. You're right. It feels it feels quicker. It just feels like 
we didn't see Stranger Things season two. We didn't see a trailer for season two until like almost it was ready to be released. And and season three, same yeah. thing. It was like that's that's the thing I dislike about this new. I I you know all the streaming stuff and all these shows. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of content. So you know it's. It, I mean, you have to actually go looking through all your services for something. Yeah. You know, there's something that you can you could take your time to watch. Like mm-hmm. there's stuff on YouTube that I skip over because it's an it's a half right. hour long or it's a, it's a two hours long. I'm like, I don't have that kind of time to, to yeah. waste on this. If it's a five minute bite, I'll watch it. If not. Right. So I'm, I'm, I understand. I, I definitely understand. I totally dislike this new kind of laissez faire attitude that everybody has about when the show is, you know, needs to come back. Like, no, nah, we're not on our schedule. We right. come back when we want. Well, right. you know, we'll come back when we got, when we got a story to tell. We're, we're damn good and ready. We'll be back. And I, I dislike it. I mean, I'm, I'm just old school. This I know a, it's not going to go back to the way it used to be, but I dislike it. I this is a question like that, that we're, I'm going to save for our guest tonight, uh, Todd Black, uh, who's an indie creator. We, we enjoy having him on. Yeah, I feel like music yourself. and comics, the commodity of the issue slash song slash album um, doesn't I, I don't have the same level of anticipation for like I used to back in the day, but I feel like the anticipation for content is is as is actually hungrier than ever. Yeah, and is that just the time? Just, they've got so many mouths to feed. Yeah. You know, we're like the market has gone global. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to compete in a global market, you gotta keep putting content out because chances are a lot most right. of your stuff's gonna be mediocre. Right? Isn't that the truth, though? It's just a it's just a natural law. It's just the law of average. Mm-hmm. It's like your average. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just you know, it, you're for every Stranger Things, you're gonna get. Um, I can't even think of an example, but you're gonna get like a War of the Worlds like remake or something like that. Right. Which yep. the last get- year, which 2019, there were two War of the Worlds ad- 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 yeah. adaptations. So I mean. And I don't. That's not to say that either of them are bad. It's just that they're not breaking any new ground with two brand new adaptations of the same book in the same year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have different takes on the same story. So um, the, the 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 hunger for content is is constant, and it's it's good for content creators. It's good mm-hmm. for people like right. us who are constant, right. you know, who are constantly trying to come up with content to right. you know to fill a void but um the it doesn't always amount to the best stuff well you're gonna miss yeah. the ability to breathe it's, I, I don't know yeah. i don't know what the solution is but not being able to breathe is is a significant it'll correct itself drawback. it always does i well, think yeah I think it's gonna as it's gonna be like a housing market it's gonna be yes. a glut it's i agree gonna, it's gonna drop off yeah. and then a lot of people i mean there's gonna be like a devastating apocalypse of content yeah well we'll see we'll see where it goes and we'll see if uh you know when stranger things 4 actually does drop if it's one of those like i'm gonna tease it and then like three years later (laughs) it's gonna actually come out because you know we don't actually have a release date so uh we don't know yeah but but, i mean i don't know why you would tease it this at the beginning of this year we assume yeah we assume it's coming back february it's not like it if they if they tease it basically in june then you could probably say it's probably it could, it could come out uh, twenty twenty one January yeah. twenty twenty one, but they tease it in February. So I mean, it's it. I imagine I'll put I'll put me on the line, so you okay. don't have to agree with this. I imagine it it must be sometime this year. Yeah, maybe at the end of the year. Hopefully not. I hope I hope it's summer. I hope it's Fourth of July again. That'd be great. They were they were very successful with the Fourth yeah. of July weekend last year. Yeah. Um. So I hope it's it's that soon. But I mean, I imagine it's got to be this year. Yeah, I, I think I think you're you're probably right. Uh, something that's never coming back uh, is our next uh, topic of opening credits is uh, Ben Affleck uh, as Batman. Um, we obviously know he's not coming back. Uh, he had mentioned it, but he opened up about it for the first time about his Batman exit uh, in an interview with the New York Times, and he basically. Some of it's for the reason you think. Some of it is a little more personal that, that you, you, know, you don't necessarily get to see because we don't, you know, we don't necessarily look at celebrities as real people sometimes. But uh, mm. after showing a confidant his plans for the Batman, the actor was told, I think the script is good. 
I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through with what you just went through again. Uh, so this is from the New York Times, and he talked about uh, how he stepped aside, uh, allowing Matt Reeves to take over and Robert Pattinson to don the cowl after deciding that the troubled shoot for Justice League had sapped his interest. Affleck never seemed to enjoy his time as Batman. His sullen demeanor while promoting Batman v Superman resulted in the hit meme, Sad Affleck, which I still do love that meme. I showed somebody the Batman script. Affleck recalled that he wrote. He was supposed to write and direct this thing. He, they said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again, referring to uh, the public reaction to Batman v Superman and Justice League. And also, um, in addition to that, he was going through a divorce. So he, uh, he turned to alcohol to kind of cope. And, uh, and all of that combined just said bye-bye to the Batman. And uh, it, it's two, two, area, two, two ways to look at this one. Uh, I'm glad he's, I mean, he says he's doing better now. And that's, you know, that's good because yeah, good I think Ben Affleck is, has been a pop culture, you know, icon for so long. Uh, he's been rooted in comic book movies, be it Daredevil, be it Batman. Um, but it's also sad because I thought his Batman, his Bruce Wayne, I think is the best Bruce Wayne we've seen. Uh, I also think he was really, really good as Dark Knight Batman. Um, I, you know, d- despite the script problems and despite the, uh, you know, studio, I think I think it was my favorite I think in next to Michael Keaton, it was my favorite Batman. Yeah, and I actually I like him better. Like he just looked the part better. He sounded the part better. He acted way, way better than Christian Bale. Like way, way better as a yeah. Batman. As a Batman. My feelings on the Christian Bale Batman are. Are well documented, so I won't I won't beat that horse. But um, I'm not even talking about the scripts or the execution of the movie. I mean just the representation of Batman. Mm-hmm. I think I think far superior to Christian Bale. Uh, very close, but I think I give him the nod ahead of Michael Keaton. So so I'm very sad by that. You know, I'm actually I'm 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 upset. I'm glad. You know, it sucks. Uh, his divorce was probably uh, really not great. He also he had a an incident where he groped somebody apparently because he was wasted and uh, it was it was on TV and that was right around the Me Too movement and he, he understood oh, that he understood what he did was was wrong and uh, he's since but you know I'm I'm always rooting for the guy just in general I I don't know why and it's weird because like 15 years ago you're you know Ben Affleck oh Ben Affleck we don't need to see that guy again and and how much uh, his public persona at least in my eyes has changed yeah he had a lot of longevity also i think he did himself a tremendous uh boost by uh directing becoming a director and like the town he comes out with movies like the town and um and argo which are just you know yeah like okay this guy's not a joke right so I mean, you, you you go from reindeer games, right? To, to you know, isn't that the funniest thing? I, yeah. I mean, to use the sports analogy too. Uh, I'm a big Knicks fan, and the Knicks hired a marketing guru to improve their image. And everyone, including myself, is like, you don't need to hire a marketing guru. You just need to start winning games, and you'll <laughs> improve your image. <laughs> ben Affleck was the Knicks for a while. <laughs> and, but then he's... Well, so was Keanu Reeves. I mean, everybody right. takes time. I mean, the, the, the greatest Hollywood comeback of all time right. has, to be, um, has to be John Travolta, who Ooh, was the Saturday Night Fever good. guy. Oh, that's a pretty good one, actually. Best and, comebacks. Yeah, and he, was, and, he, and he was a joke with the Look Who's Talking movies. I mean, he wasn't a joke. The, Keanu, the, the Keanu sense is also pretty good. Keanu's research. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's... I mean, it's not as... He wasn't a, 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 a cultural punchline like Travolta had yes. become. Yes, Okay, because yes. Travolta had become a 70s icon that turned into an 80s has-been. Yeah. That it would the where the joke was you were good once but now you're John Travolta. That's you know? yeah yeah. And and then and then Pulp Fiction happens, and suddenly his name is headline material like Travolta, John Travolta in, and he does movies like Phenomenon and right. Michael, and he and it was just like holy crap! Like John Travolta is a serious player now. Like he's a, <laughs> and I mean look and it, and it it quickly it was a joke, then it was a joke that he wasn't a joke anymore. Then it just wasn't a joke anymore. Like, okay, no, John Travolta is a you, you, know, you know who he was he's never a household a, name. He's back, you know. Right, right. He was never a joke. Uh, but you know who also kind of had a career renaissance. 
it, more in the vein of Keanu Reeves is Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam Neeson, Neeson was this like serious actor who was well respected, then disappeared for a while. So again, he wasn't a joke. Uh, so I do agree with you. I think John Travolta was in joke status land. Yeah. But then all of a sudden he did take Liam it. Neeson was, was, was uh, re- resurrected three times, I think, because hmm. he, was, he was in movies like um, High Spirits and, and Ken, <laughs> you know, way back I, mean, I don't even know those movies. Yeah, okay. And then, and then no, and, then, and, and I, I, that's I'm, where I first noticed him. I'm familiar with he, him in Schindler's List, like that, around that time. Yeah, and that's kind of he around, actor, like he did, yeah. he did movies like Shining Through and Schindler's List. That's kind of his comeback, his first comeback. Where he was like he he was a legitimate, like just a you know like a solid Hollywood yeah. mm-hmm. actor who was in you know maybe he wasn't the star but he was right. he was uh, he was in he was featured in a lot of blockbuster movies and he's like then he's Dark Man and now he's headlining a movie and yeah. it's kind of like okay you're kind you're a little bit on the cusp of ridiculous but you're okay we like you he plays Qui Gon Jinn. It's like, all right, yeah, Liam Neeson. He's a he's a Jedi. He fits as a Jedi. Right. Then he does Taken, and that's it. Then he just he just yeah. he explodes like it's is is Neeson. I know. I know. Everywhere, you know. I know. And he's this. And again, he's he's he's. I don't want to say use the word pacifist on screen, but he is a soft spoken guy. He is mm-hmm. a. He's not. But he's but as an action hero. But he is menacing. You know, and well, then, yeah. I mean, those things showcase how his his physical yeah. uh, presence. Yeah, and then also the other the other greatest comeback of our time is Robert Downey Jr. Yes, who was another punchline. It was Chris another... Evans. Chris Evans could also be in that vein, not to the same degree, because Robert Downey Jr. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, Chris Evans literally was in danger rock, rock. of obscurity. He was in danger right. of becoming obscure. He was gonna. Right. He was gonna be. Um, uh, what's his name? Casper uh, Van Dient, you know, yeah. because he was a little too good looking to be taken seriously. And then he was, you know, he, he yeah. did a couple of rom-coms and stuff and they just didn't. But I mean, and then he becomes Captain America and it was like, oh, Captain America, that's going to be a joke. And right. Then, you know, of course, right. Captain America was. Well, he was a human torch was, also and, you, and he was not a good human torch. So you, you, you just well, had. Well, those were not good movies. No, I know, but you, know, you, just had this, you just had this reservation. You're like, really? That guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah all right. And then, you're like, and then you're like, nope, that's Captain America. I, I remember it. seeing um, Chris Evans in uh, Sunshine, which was, a, I forget who made that movie, but it was a, it was a, a science fiction movie. Okay. Like real hard science fiction movie about uh, trying to, I think it was they're trying to reignite the sun um, because it was sun was going out and it was getting mm-hmm. really cold on earth. And also uh, Killian Murphy was in it. Okay. A couple of other people. It was a, it was years ago. It was a mid, it was the early two thousands. And um, it was a, it was a drama. And I was like, Chris Evans is in this. Like, and he was, I remember that was the first time I noticed like this guy's acting. You know, this guy's like, <laughs> this guy's pulling this off. Like, he's in, a, he's out of space. He's not, he's yeah. not, he wasn't playing an astronaut. Like, he's the hero astronaut. He was right. actually playing a, a somewhat antagonistic protagonist. Like, he was, Killy Murphy was basically mm-hmm. the, 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 the protagonist. And Chris Murphy, uh, Chris, Chris Evans was kind of his uh, foil yeah. a little bit. Like, he was just a jerk. But he was, you know, and, and he, it was very dramatic. He had a dramatic ending in that movie and it was like all right this guy knows how to act he wants to act he doesn't want to be he was like it's like kind of the 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 tom cruise thing right where it's like okay now he's in the firm he's not doing action movies and 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 only that he's he's doing drama movies right and he was you know, all over the place. too and he got he got uh rave reviews for that yeah so i mean like the guy but i mean robert downey jr was absolutely I mean, it was a Johnny joke Depp, about Johnny how, Depp too. I think fits in that. Johnny Depp's about pirates. to. He looks like he's about to enjoy uh, a, a, a resurgence now that a lot of stuff has come to light about mm. his uh, yeah. his his uh, domestic uh, right un- unfortunates. You know. Yeah. Um. But who knows what the the truth of those stories are? Yeah. So I mean, like, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot a of lot tremendous of good, like comebacks, like people that, yeah. come back. So Affleck Scott, Affleck to bring it all back home. Affleck definitely, uh, like getting out, getting healthy, yep. admitting to admitting to his uh, his uh, insecurities and his 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 weaknesses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's just gonna that can do nothing but put him in a good light. All you got to do is make it a really good movie now, and no one's yeah. gonna no one's gonna hold the Batman thing against him. 
Yeah. And the worst thing he could have done was make a bad Batman movie on top of being yeah. sick and being, you know, being unhappy and yeah. being sad flick. I mean, that would have been, <laughs> that would have ruined everything. So good for him. Still my favorite uh, meme. All right. Huh. Chime in in the comments feed on uh, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire or youtube.com slash sire studios. Let us know your pick for best comeback or biggest comeback, or maybe just mention a comeback we haven't seen. Uh, we will respond to you back in the comments. Uh, when we come back, Sonic booms at the box office, birds of prey, a respectable second place, but still leading to box office dismay. And uh, we're going to give you the number one reason uh, why Birds of Prey did not connect with audiences when we come back. Pornhub traffic plummets during uh. Game of Thrones season premiere. <laughs> Porn provider Pornhub reports their site traffic was down 4.5% on Sunday when HBO aired the popular fantasy uh, series uh, season 7 premiere. Here's a, it's a considerable change in visitors as Sunday night is one of our most popular times. Here's a ridiculous question that probably no one asked. Yeah. Who did they report that to? <laughs> I mean, what? like, like who said, hey, how'd your traffic go while Game of Thrones is on? Yeah. And you then, know, like, how did that become a thing? Somebody had a question. Somebody yeah. Had to think that Someone had to wonder, and, hey. And contact Pornhub and be and like, por- or porn- was porn dead? It had to be so bad that Pornhub had to call somebody and say, yeah. hey, where'd everybody go? Do you know what they probably did? <laughs> they probably put it on social media. <laughs> yeah. Secrets of the Sire. <laughs> Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Uh, Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, dedicated fans, Tom Osa, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Beyer, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Uh, you can go support us on Patreon for as little as a buck, patreon.com slash Sire Studios. Uh, this month, I'll be releasing brand new artwork for some upcoming projects. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Perhaps uh, more stuff uh, from Mr. Hassan Godwin, who we put on the uh, Patreon page for patrons only uh, last month. So we'll see, we'll see what would pop up there, but pretty soon we'll be having some stuff there. Uh, also, uh, you can catch me at C2E2. Uh, that is the great Chicago comic book uh, and entertainment expo. It's happening February 28th to March 1st. There's a leap year in there. Yep. And uh, we'll be at booth 106, Sire Studios. So come check us out. All right. Last uh, week we kind of dove headfirst into Birds of Prey. We gave a, a really thorough review. So again, check out all of our stuff. You can check us out on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and Spreaker and all those fun, uh, fun places, YouTube, to catch up on anything uh, you miss. SecretsOfTheSire.com is a great house for all of that. Uh, this week, much to our surprise, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, boomed at the President's Day box office. Okay. This was Sonic the Hedgehog that we we're not reviewing this movie because we didn't go to see this because we <laughs> were not going to go see this. But uh, it had a four day debu- debut in the 45 to 50 million range uh, based on the Sega's video game about the world's speediest hedgehog. Uh, it's easily expected to race a- ahead of a crowded pack of films and uh, top the uh, actually it did. It topped the long uh, four day holiday frame. Uh, it wakes Paramount from hibernation. Uh, but it also, what it basically did, which was, which was interesting, at one point, uh, kind of like what Cats did, they showed scenes from it, and the reaction online was like, Pfft. and they did go I back remember. and I remember actually, very vividly. yeah, they, they went back and retooled it a little bit. So, uh, it, 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 like I said, it boomed ahead, and I'll continue using that analogy because it's just very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, Birds of Prey landed second. Um, with a respectable 17 million in its second weekend, uh, but ultimately to break even, uh, if you factor in marketing costs and whatnot, I mean, it, it debuted as to one of the lowest uh, DC, uh, one of the lowest superhero movies in this superhero age period, uh, and and does not seem to be, you know, connected. Yeah, it's not a. It's definitely. It's not a runaway hit. It's definitely no. not a runaway hit. Um, no. It was like, this is what I was saying last week. It's like, we won't know if it's a real flop until we, did we see the drop-off from the yeah. week after, you know? And then we get the, the actual metrics exactly 
what it needs to break even and what yeah. the chances are. So, I mean, when we were calling it a flop last week or we were, we were saying it was disappointing last week, we were, you know, we were stating it correctly. It's, it, it, at, at the time last week, it was a disappointment. Around now, it's still it's a respectable disappointment you know right um so it, they're still not calling it a flop yet but it certainly isn't a hit it certainly th- isn't guaranteeing that there's going to be a birds of prey series you know that that's yeah in the books, you know coming up it's i mean i i think margot robbie's gonna bounce back from it because she's gonna she's already she's, doing suicide she's such squad. a star i mean she really yeah. is such a star too i mean uh she has and then a, another one of her movies just one best picture right Correct, or, yeah so so I mean, she's going to be all right. She's going to survive it, and everybody else in it was a uh, was you know weren't tasked with carrying the movie in and of itself, right? And Ewan McGregor is going to be Obi Wan, maybe. Well, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor had nothing to lose by being in that movie, uh, and, no. and he could always no, just right. say it was Jason Bateman in the movie anyway. And <laughs> right. meanwhile, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, oh, Jason Bateman, that's another comeback guy, right? Oh yeah. Right, because he had he was an '80s guy, and then he kind of disappeared after Teen Wolf two. He and then absolutely he came back vanished. With the rest of development. See now, right? to to me, he came back with Hancock. Remember Hancock? The oh, Will I do Smith remember movie, that. Yeah, superhero yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, is that Jason Bateman? It's right around the same time as Arrested Development. It is '04, right? Hancock was '04, yeah. I think. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I th- and I honestly think before Hancock, just before Hancock, he came back in the strangest movie. I think it was The Kingdom. It mm. was a um, it was a Jamie Foxx movie where he okay, was an yes, FBI yes. agent okay, and yeah, went yeah. to the Middle East. Yeah, and I'm like, is that is that he had Jason Bateman? <laughs> Why Jason had Bateman slash has some of the most quotable lines uh, ever from Dodgeball. His small cameo in Dodgeball. Remember Dodgeball? Uh, yeah. <laughs> FNA Cotton, the Ocho. <laughs> My it, favorite. It appears they're not showing up. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold. Stra- no, sorry, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. That's my my favorite. Strategy. This is one of my favorite Jason Bateman lines of all time. Was his uh, in Hancock when he was talking to after Hancock went to jail? Yeah, and he's visiting Hancock. He goes, Did you shove a a man's head up another man's a? And Hancock just stares at him, and Jason Bateman says, "Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that." <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the first time I ever heard that term used as, oh. you know, conversationally. <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, first uh, of all, brilliant reaction. Second of all, that's fantastic." So oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, that's he's a Jason, good one. Jason Bateman. I mean, he's in a movie. He's in a TV show now uh, called oh, The it's, Outsiders oh, on it's HBO. Fa- it's, and Ozark on Netflix, which is is one of those quiet smash hits. Yeah, well, in, in and Outsiders is uh, very very Outsiders, popular. Outsiders, he's a murderer. Too. Yeah, you know, or very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know he's he's got range. Jason yeah. Bateman's got range. So definitely, it's good to have him back. In my yeah. opinion, <laughs> I agree with you. I so agree. welcome back, Jason Bateman. <laughs> I agree with you. All right, ten uh, years Bert- later. Birds of Prey, uh, the troubles go back to one bad decision, according to ScreenRant.com. The story of Birds of Prey was told with an R rating, making it the first DCEU title to carry the MPAA certificate. Unfortunately, the R rating is likely what kept Birds of Prey fulfilling its box office potential. Comic book movies with R ratings hailing from major studios used to be an unthinkable prospect. Thanks to the massive box office success of the recent R-rated comic book movies like Deadpool and Logan, though, it's now a regular occurrence. However, not all R-rated takes are destined to be equally big box office juggernauts, as seen by Birds of Prey, because the target audience for Harley Quinn is actually in the teens. Uh, teenage girls love her. Uh, the argument that the teenage boy wants to see something sexy is actually a flawed argument in and of itself, especially the and especially the adult one. The audience that they really should have targeted was a PG thirteen. I personally think they do PG thirteen. This movie is completely uh, different in terms of How box office. You do that movie in the PG thirteen though. Just don't, I mean, you know, just, just don't curse. Just don't curse. It's just a weird kind of film, you know, with with villains at the well, not well, only one villain, but I mean, with a villain at the at the at the helm of the film as a yeah. as a main protagonist. It's weird to to aim a movie like that at children, you know? Yeah. 
I think that's a moral dilemma that we haven't, I mean, in marketingly it makes sense, but morally we have trouble with it because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know exactly how to aim this. You know, I don't know if it's morally correct, whether or not that's a, that's a genuine uh, uh, concern to aim it at children. I think, look, it's, just, it, it's the same thing that we always argue about, right? Or we, we, we don't really argue about it, but we kind of agree on it, but it's the same discussion we always have on mm-hmm. it. It's a marketing thing you know you market it to the wrong you market this thing in the wrong way because i've seen the movie not a bad movie not a particularly anti-man movie uh, you, know? The, 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 you know what it it it, it leaves if that's you, an anti-man leaves, movie it, every movie where arnold schwarzenegger shoots someone yeah. and shoots a woman in the head is an anti-woman movie that so never happens that, that never happens in arnold schwarzenegger movies no it, it, there, there were yeah there except, for stone, of, except for sharon stone there were a couple of stone. things there were a couple of things in that movie oh that boy was no no it, it that that lightly touched upon it i would say it, it, to, how to, like to, what to, what lightly touches upon there's not no, a, like, there is there is not a single at the end there is not a single uh, female in that group of of men that are going after them. Um, Ewan McGregor hates men for some reason. They never explain why, but they but that's one of his check marks as well. Or sorry, hates women, and that's one of his check marks. We never they never go into why. Uh, they never give up. That's not an anti male thing. That's a that's a Ewan McGregor thing. He's one guy. You know that's not that's not all men. But he's the central villain, though. I mean, that's kind of so what. Kind of so it, it, in, in a movie, in a movie where the central villain is a woman, is that an anti-woman movie? No, but look, if I, I'm just sitting here saying you can't honestly look at that movie and not. I, it, okay, I didn't, get beaten, I didn't get beaten. I didn't get I didn't get beaten over the head with it. It wasn't to me. It wasn't one of those things where I got beaten over the head with it. Uh, however, there were many folks who did comment and say, "Did you notice that this?" and "Did you notice that?" They I did. Mean, yeah, that's have, that's that's the preponderance argument the one, again. They did have the one crazy uh, female assassin come after her. So I. That's what I'm saying. I don't think. I don't think it was. There was. There was no. Uh, it was not not offensive. I would say, put it that way. It was not offensive in terms of. I just don't. I mean, like I'm saying, like if you're gonna look at it that way, then you have to look at every situation where there's. I mean, there's this. It's not a. It wasn't like a blatant statement. No, no, I agree. Like, if you look agree. at if you look at a movie like Silence of the Lambs, agree. That's a that's a blatant <laughs> statement. You know about yeah. a woman in a man's world, right? Yes, yes. Whenever you're gonna get a movie where you have a a a, a role reversal. Right. Or you know a, a gender reversal thing where mm-hmm. the, you have an action movie where the 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 main uh, component of the action movie is a woman as opposed to a man where it's a it's a it's a definitely unarguably a male dominated field right yeah then there's going to be comparisons of you know. You know, and, and like I said, it was there was some undertones. To it's like it. looking for SJW moments in a movie. But, you know, it's like you're gonna always get. There's anything can be bent to look. But I will sit there and say, I will sit there and, and in a way agree with you by saying the problem with, again, with this film was it had, it it went all over the place. So there was no distinct message. There was like, Oh, is that a message? It can be construed as a message. If you're looking for messages, you can find them. You will find messages where you look for them. Again, it was not a, it was not over the top. It was not offensive, and the fact that there was there were there were mess there, there it wasn't like even going to look for messages. There were messages all over the place on a variety of different, uh, you know. If you're looking for messages, like if you're sitting, I mean, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. That's again me not denying that the messages are there, but if you're going into the situation sensitive to messaging, then you're gonna have a harder time. In just just enjoying the the yeah. entertainment as opposed to, you know, determining which is a, what is a message and what is not. Well, a I mean, look at look at a movie like Captain Marvel where it it didn't have an anti man message uh, necessarily so much as it had a woman's point of view message. But it but it very nicely, and I don't mean that in a polite sense. I just mean in terms of execution, executed its message really good. Like, you know, you're going to keep this character down. You're going to tell her she can't do things. You're going to tell her because she's a girl, she can't do things. And ultimately, she's going she's gonna to prove you wrong at the end. And it was just very well executed in the end. Uh, Harley Quinn had, like I said, moments where you sit and you go, uh, okay, but, but never, uh, no follow through on any of these, on any of these perceived um, 
potential messages as you're as you're kind of uh, alluding to. So, uh, but anyway, I, I but I but we digress. Yes, it was it was all over the place. It was poorly marketed because it didn't know what it wanted to be, and that kind of you know just reinforces well, the marketing how smart is divisive. The marketing is corporate feminism, right? Mm-hmm. You got this corporate feminism, in which case, cor- the, the if you break down, if you distill. The, the entire movement of feminism to to what outsiders see feminism as is just yeah. anti-male, right? Mm-hmm. So the corporate idea of feminism is just a girl drop-kicking a guy in a hallway right. over and over and over again. Right. And so if you got if your if if your marketing is corporate feminism, then you had a marketing problem, right? Because right? it's not even the nuances of what real feminism is, right? Right. And there's I mean there's Arguably, there's nothing genuinely feminist about a female sociopath running around looking for a breakfast <laughs> sandwich. You know, I mean, that's which is basically what has the movie no is about. Ha- has no one had a breakfast sandwich before? I mean, I, I just I wasn't. Yeah. And look, and it wasn't even a particularly good looking breakfast it did sandwich. Not, it actually did made not. me kind of queasy. When yeah, I, 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 I agree with you, actually. <laughs> I agree. So, with you. I mean, I th- which I think was the point. She's a <sighs> more problems, more problems with this film. All right. When we come back, we welcome Todd Black on. He's going to give Todd's top 10 comics that you need to be reading. Uh, unfortunately, comics is not, doesn't flow with the alliteration that I was going for, but we'll make it through. All right. Yeah. When we come back. Right. That was good work. Oh, look. Kid Harrod is fighting Cersei again. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> Ain't that something? Uh, are they gonna? Are they gonna bring Daenerys? Are they gonna? Uh, yes. Marvel's attempt. This is Marvel's attempt to do like it. do it re- all. Just to retcon the ending of Game of Thrones. Isn't Maybe it? so. Maybe this will be how they do it. We're gonna the do it. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just want to remind folks, Secrets of the Sire is going rogue. What does that mean? Find out in a few weeks as we unleash some major news next month. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Stick around. Stay tuned. Check out the Facebook feed. Check out the website. uh, And check out our podcast every week. And you'll, you'll be in for a real treat all right we do this every week we go spinning the racks we are joined for our spin the rack segment today by uh, mr todd black he is an indie creator he's on kickstarter right now todd how you doing sir pretty good uh talk briefly about the kickstarter uh that is going on as we speak well, it is for my uh, series, Tokyo Blade Detectives, the first issue of which uh, came out because of Kickstarter. So we're on issue number two now. I'm happy Ooh. to say that we have hit our funding goal already awesome. for number two in about four days, which is a record for me. God. And so now we're just trying to you know, keep building it up. So, How much of that is repeat customers and how much is new? Ooh, I would say at least of uh, the backers we have right now. Uh, about 90% is returning people because I had a large surge in, like the first 24 hours of uh-huh. like 30, 35 people. And then we've had some people trickling after that. I, I did something atypically this time around. I launched it in the middle of the month instead of the beginning of the month like I usually do. I was trying to hit the Valentine's Day craze so that people could show their love for me, obviously. And <laughs> it worked, but then I had a lot of people saying, oh, dude, I'm broke. And I'm like, oh, okay, but that's why I do it at the beginning of the month. So whatever. <laughs> Well, uh, we wish you the best of success and luck with that. And, Thank you. Uh, and, uh, we'll, How we'll does that feel to, uh, to, to reach your financial goal, you know, prior to the project? Like you're, it, it must be, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the word? It must uplifting. be so validating. Yeah, yeah validating, be- uplifting. Uh, I did cheat a little bit because the last Kickstarter, the, the number one, we had a goal of $1,500 and that was uh, as low as I felt I could go to make the project. 
and but I did so well on that one that I got to lower the goal for number two to uh, to one thousand dollars. Oh, good. Okay. So, so reinvesting into it, that's great. Exactly. So like all the excess that we got literally went to number two, and so I was able to lower the goal. And thank goodness because some of the people that had told me they're broke are like my fifty dollar, you know, or plus backers, <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, I, I probably still would get fifteen hundred. I'm at eleven hundred thirty right now, mm-hmm. last checking, but. It's like, I, I'm glad the stress is over. Now it's just like, how much can I get now? <laughs> well, the stress isn't totally over though, too. I mean, it's a 30-day yeah. Kickstarter? It's 30 day. We are at like, we have like 25 days left. To give that's, that's, oh my God. That's, that's just the worst. That's the it worst. Is. No, no, but that's the worst stress though. Is it is. Because the, you do have people that, that like for anyone that has never done a Kickstarter before, people drop, people change their uh, so The worst part of kick, the first Kickstarter was the last day. Because I'm like $500 over the goal. I, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that I'm going to reach it financially. But my personal goal was to get 100 backers. And I was at like 112-ish. And then some people just started like dropping like flies. I'm like, what is going on? And then eventually we ended up at 107. I'm like, fine, I'll take it. Just It's over. It's oh, done. Wow. It was, yeah. it was, it was yeah. And then seven of those people... Uh, had like financial problems, so their pledges didn't go through. So I, yeah. I ended with exactly 100 backers. Yeah, like, that's what happens. It's yeah. uh, people don't realize, and and just I will never do a 30 day Kickstarter ever again. I just won't. I, I just because it's 30 yeah. days of misery. Like it, it really it is. Be. It can be. Yeah, it's 30 days. Like, it's it's awesome when you when you get that first surge, but then there's like that empty room shouting into a void feeling yeah. when when you get like one backer a day or something oh like yeah that. Just, oh, that was that was me two days it's an ago. emotional roller coaster it yeah. is absolutely all right so let's do something oh, fun man. let's okay, let's, so, yeah. let's we'll, we'll talk get back to that comics. yeah let's get off that because that's a lot <laughs> we'll, of fun. we'll get back to it I, <laughs> spin the rack. I confess uh uh-huh. the reason we're doing this though is the same reason when i when i put out on my uh, social media feeds uh for people to send me like music to listen to because i just don't i just i'm not out there as much as I as I want to be, and I feel like I feel like good stuff is harder to find these days, and I don't have the time to put into finding good stuff. So I am I looking that. to you for some good stuff to read. Yes. Uh, Todd's top ten. Aha, uh-huh. alliteration. Mm, okay. See how that goes? Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have done top ten trades. Ah, oh, there's the alliteration. Fail. I knew. Too late. I've already done my top ten. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, the first thing you should read is Tokyo Blade Detective. <laughs> no. uh, or oh, any that's, other. Hey, wait, that's alliteration too. That's literally yeah. Tokyo. T- Todd's trade from Tokyo. There you go. Totally. Stop. Stop. Two Please dealers. Stop. <laughs> huh. I, I don't think he likes us. I think this is a like This is a Titanic waste oh, of time. <laughs> see, that was terrible. Nobody <laughs> likes it until they want to participate. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, but for the books that I read, uh, yeah. I'm going to cheat for the first one because I, I wouldn't say it's the best book I've read, but it's one of my favorites. Is it Shazam by Jeff Johns? Okay. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that Shazam is my favorite comic book character. Yes, mm-hmm. my favorite comic book character is not Batman. Sue me. Um, and I may or may not have 62 television scripts of a TV series that I totally want to write for Shazam. Maybe. Ah, Maybe mm. just, just saying. But uh, I wanted to write a Shazam comic book, but then Jeff Johns got into it, and he's doing such a great job. I, I would never take Isn't it away from him. Isn't that the worst feeling? You, you sit there and you're like, oh, this guy's, yeah, he's telling all the stories. Well, <laughs> well no, 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 he's, he's doing not, it better than the story I would tell, but it's just like I would have loved to have been the guy. He, he brought Shazam to the modern era via the new 52 in the, mm-hmm. uh, the Justice League backup story which is awesome and then it just he was just like the, around for five years and then jeff johns does a sing the, the 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 ongoing and it's really good we got like the magic lands mr mind is already there you know black adam still being epic uh, dr yeah. savannah is a key role uh, we've just got tawny talkie finally so you know and he's, he's a cook because I'm of course he is. Guy, so this is all like foreign to me <laughs> just, just not in a minute it's good somewhere somewhere out there somebody who's listening to this is like yeah yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, God, exactly damn. shazam fans <laughs> like it but if you're a fan of like old school captain marvel or uh because remember it was, he was captain marvel mm. or captain marvel that's right that's, yeah, a, that's, a, yeah. that's a whole other podcast i could yeah. do i could do a whole podcast <laughs> yeah. on that but uh, anyway so uh, but that, that's number one for me, and that's just a big fan one. To go to Marvel, I will go to a uh, book that I just picked up today, Fantastic Four by Dan Slott. Ah, oh, um, all right. Okay. I, I've been a fan of Fantastic Four I for a while. I like Slott, too. I like him. Yeah, he's been, he did good. He did good on a Spider-Man run, and uh, he did his best with Iron Man. Uh, oh, wait. 
Yeah, he's still doing Iron Man. Sorry, it's complicated. But uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but I with Fantastic Four, I've been a fan of the characters, and I actually liked their first movie. I'm apparently in the minority of that. Super Probably second one, second one was bad. I won't deny that. But the first one, I think, is a little more underrated than they think. Um, but well, I never got into the books because by the time I got into comics, which was when I was like 18, they were already in the midst of a big run and, you know, it was kind of hard. And then there was like the whole Fox debacle where they canceled mm, the comic. Yeah. So this one with Dan Slott at my comic store over there. Uh, like, what, what am I pointing to? My comic store over there. Um, <laughs> it's just your head in the box anyway. Don't worry. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Nobody <laughs> even saw you point. glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, when I got the chance to read Fantastic Four number one, I was like, okay, let's try this out, and he's about to finish it. Today's issue that came out was a finishing of the an arc called Point to Origin, which rehashes the origins of the Fantastic Four, but puts a really cool twist on it. Okay. And I just really like it, and I'm really engaged in it. It's really, really cool. So that, I, prefer, that, I prefer that to a reboot any day. I well, it's heck, it, it is it isn't, it isn't a reboot. It is a reboot in that it's the first time the Marvel the, the first family of Marvel is back in the Marvel Universe for a while, but it's a direct continuation of what happened in Secret Wars mm. where they went off into the multiverse to rebuild it. Right. So it's a direct continuation of that, and yet it still has that reboot feel of like, you know, what do we do in this modern world that we have been right. away from for a while? Right. So, and, of course, their kids. Uh, right, uh, I saw all that stuff. They have, like, a spinoff for them or something they do but uh the, the, the future foundation that was another thing but they're direct kids valeria and uh crap what's the kid's name what's the other kid's name franklin uh, franklin thank you yeah <laughs> they're they're teenagers now so you know they have their own things going mm-hmm. on so that's mm-hmm. cool which of course ties into the next thing which is x-men i'm just gonna put x-men in a bubble because it's a good, it's a good way to do it <laughs> put it yeah. jonathan hickman the genius that bundle he it, is bundle it all together bundle but yes the x-men Total reboot, which is a we're out. It's a reboot, even though it's technically a continuation. What he did with Powers of Ten and House of X mm-hmm. is was insanely good. I mean, the yeah. twist, the surprises. Let me ask you a question because it's one of the only books I am still reading. Uh, okay. Are the X books? Yeah. What's your take on on? I find that X Men's great. Francis Lanil Yu's artwork is always amazing. Uh, so that that's always worth the price of admission. Um, yeah, the artwork has been Marauders to me is the only one that's actually kind of doing anything outside of Hickman. Like anything Hickman Hickman's writing right now in X Men, I feel yeah. is good. Uh, I feel like Fallen Angels. I like Brian Hill. I thought that was kind of cool. It's it's weird that it's kind of part of this X universe though because it's such a tangential it is i, I um, feel like of the ones i'm reading i felt that fallen angels was the weakest not because of bad yeah. writing the visuals are obviously gorgeous but it felt less connected i mean yeah right right it's not it's it's almost this like yeah. t- right i agree with you but i but new mutants went into that whole thing with the you know with the with the with the white supremacists or the mutant supremacists and yeah. on the farm which i thought was weird and yeah i'm not after after, after putting them in space Hick, well hickman wrote the first three issues and put them in space and i was like this is awesome this is really cool and he made sunspot like this really obnoxious character and it was really good <laughs> um and but then then someone else took over and and they're right back to that's my only that's my whole problem with the x-men books though they're always fighting the same things over and over and over again yeah. in the exact same way there's like nothing seems to be nothing's ever seems yeah, to change every, in every reboot right every yeah. reboot that promises something new it's right. always kind of the same old thing yeah right. and, and, and i know it's like people as marauders where uh spoilers Kate, kitty pride may or may not be dead right right we and, don't know and, so and, it's not a spoiler it's because it's a of and if we're being honest it's because of sebastian stan being a dick right <laughs> which we knew he was no no sebastian shaw sebastian stan oh, is sebastian shaw He's yeah, a really nice guy. Stan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I get, the, I get the names confused. I get the names confused. <laughs> right now, all the, right now. By the way, all the DC fans are like, "Huh? I don't know who this oh, yeah. No, Sebastian Shaw, which we we knew he was a dick, but no, I get the I get names confused all the time. I kept calling Adam Driver from Star Wars Matt Driver, and I said it like so casually. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, Matt Driver was great as Kylo Ren. It's it's Adam. <laughs> no, it's Adam Driver. Oh my bad. What's so, uh What's number seven on the list? Number seven is, is I thought X books are a bundle. Right. Are we going? Are we going ten to one? Okay. Okay. Well, uh, wait, oh, oh, so all the X books is that yeah, is that bundle? So, okay. So it's a bundle. We just but now that. you're up to f- now you're four. Sure. Yes, we're at number four <laughs> on the list. Uh, <laughs> I've lost control of my own show. You've lost <laughs> control of your own show. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bundle 
the uh, two Power Rangers books, Go Go and My yeah, Hero. Right. Um, I am, of course one. Wow. Right. Oh yeah. Hey, what? See, this is see Todd's reading. That's that's why we have him on here. I'm cheating. No, I'm said with him. no judgment. Said with I'm no letting judgment. him read for us. This is good. So, no, I I have been a big Power Rangers fan all my life. I watched the show for like 20 years before I finally fell out. It finally got too cheesy, which is hilarious when I think about it. <laughs> you probably it, just grew up. I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> but, but it was like there were there were seasons that were still like it had the gravity of what Power Rangers show can be mm-hmm. and I still want to write a Power Rangers season that mine would be very realistic and yet you know not gritty but true to what the nature is and then you had if you if you remember the series Megaforce that one was so cheesy it was uh. terrible and then the final battle of like all the Rangers together was supposed to be this big moment was like 90 seconds and I'm just like I waited all season for this there's but- a joke there's a joke there somewhere <laughs> oh there is yeah. don't it, make it it's called it's called Spawn um it's called saban it's called saban anyway but uh that's what she said no that doesn't work but uh the 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 comics which of course originally started by uh kyle higgins who i know like they've been great and then they did the shattered grid arc which is incredible and then they they did a spinoff with gogo which is like kind of a prequel series of our only question is are you reading the crossover with tmnt of course obviously shredder is the green ranger i know and then he fought Rita, and it's just like, and then they're like, oh, we're going to team up, but when we're done, we're, we're going to finish this fight. And he goes, I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, See, I want to be in the creative room of those crossovers. It's like, yeah. what can we do that's so shocking and so epic and yet doesn't break continuity? And then someone says, could we make Shredder Green Ranger? Done. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll find a way. We'll do that. We'll do it. Oh, yeah, but, we get the, but what about Rita? She said just let that happen. What if they fought? <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, the, these stories, uh, they're doing an arc right now called Necessary Evil, written mm-hmm. by uh, Ryan Perot, who I've also met. And they're literally breaking continuity, but they're doing it in a way that's like, yeah, we don't care. It, it breaks continuity. But <laughs> they acknowledge, they're acknowledging continuity by breaking it. Exactly. Well, like, if you, do, do, you, do you remember the original series? <laughs> okay. Well, here's, here, I'll, I'll go slight spoilers really quick. In the first, uh, in the first season, okay, there's five Rangers, Tommy, Tr- sorry, Jason, Trini, Zach, Billy, and Kimberly, okay? Mm-hmm. And then Tommy comes in, most famous Ranger. And then around season two or three, uh, three of the actors, Jason, Trini, and Zach's, left the show. They were mm-hmm. just, they were gone. But they had to write them in a, w- in a way that made sense while not killing them because this is a kid's show. So right. the excuse that they got was that they were going to, they were selected from a large group of people to go to the UN to be uh, a global uh, an ambassador, which is weird because they're teenagers. But hey, politics! What are you gonna it, do? It, so uh, they're teenage ambassadors. It makes they're sense. ambassadors to to adulthood somewhere. There you go. <laughs> and so like that's how they were written off the show. And then Jason came back later, and it was a thing. Wasn't but, there a terrible insert where you could see like the back of them getting into a car or something yes. like that? Where, yeah, okay. they had to do like by that time they'd already left the show. They had to use like stunt doubles and camera uh. angles to make it. <laughs> yeah. it was a yeah. whole thing. I could do a podcast on that too. But anyway, so in but in necessary evil. Like, that was the way they're written off the show. In Necessary Evil, we find out, oh, no, we didn't go to the UN. We just told you that because we went and traveled the universe as a mm. different kind of Power Ranger and to save the Morphin Grid and yada, yada, yada. So it's cool, <laughs> but it's like that's – we know that's not what happened. It's one of those things. But uh, <laughs> it's great storytelling. I love that they're they're embracing the Power Rangers legacy and telling new stories without, you know, mo- more or less rewriting everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, – Seriously, check out Shattered Grid. It's easily one of the coolest Power Ranger stories okay. ever. Hilarious because it's a comic that came out 20-some-odd years after the original series. But hey, that's That's what comics are for. Right. So that was number four because that was a bundle. Uh, number five, got to go with a classic. Got to go with Batman. Uh, Tom King has been uh, doing his arc. He just finished that up. And then uh, Jason Tinney the fourth has just started uh, his arc. Uh, Batman and Catwoman are finally married. Finally. Right. Yeah. Only took them 100 issues of this <laughs> run, plus a breakup that was totally terrible. I mean, what, what is it with comics and relationships? Well, we're going to talk about pet peeves. My pet peeve is comic relationships. They are horrible. They're forced half the time. No, it's Break the up same, for the dumbest it's the reasons. Same, that's the same thing with TV shows. and well, movies, like Because you sit there, once, once the will-they-won't-they... Uh, ends, you lose your drama. I mean, that's that's what ends up happening a lot of times. Potentially, potentially, and like, and I'll give you an example. Fan- 
fantastic. Oh, that's a great example. Ross that's and Rachel. That's a great example. Ross and Rachel. They had to break up because there's, I mean, yeah. no one, if, if you get a happy ending, that's the end of the show. Well, at more. <laughs> Nobody wants to end the show. <laughs> no, I, I was hearing the no, joke. Yeah, he, he, the went, show. he went somewhere else. I yeah, went somewhere yeah, yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, no, but like a great example of this is uh, Reed and It's true Richards. in both ways. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Reed and Sue Richards. They've been mar- canonically married for decades, and yet they keep finding ways to make it work because of their children. And Yeah, the but you know what? The funny thing is their relationship was, ne- it was never the focal point of – the series in a lot of ways a lot of a lot of times the series that you're reading has two characters that start out single and then the question yeah. is oh will they come together and that's where the shipping comes from yeah, as I, opposed to as opposed to they came in and they were already a couple so you, there was no drama as to whether they were going to get together or not so there was no need to there's no need to worry about the drama as it goes but but the, but the difference here is that you know with catwoman and batman they've always had the will they wanted that's been happening for decades uh superman lois lane same mm-hmm. thing uh diana steve trevor you know stuff like that but then like uh great example is iron man who I could have also put on this list, but uh, and in the recent Dance Lot Iron Man comics, Tony Stark like oh so randomly hooks up with Janet Van Dyne, mm. and it's just like oh, okay, and he's like he's like talking with her like he's had a crush on her forever, and it's just like I remember six comic arcs and a few issues ago in another comic she was hooking up with Havoc, had a kid, lost the kid because of timing, right? Comics, everybody, and it's just <laughs> like oh, but no, I'm here with Tony now, and it's like. <laughs> so like that that's what I hate. It's uh-huh. like, you know, it's terrible. It's, I mean, I it obviously it. could be worse. It could have been like Batman and Batgirl in the killing joke cartoon. So Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna beat you up. No, let's we're gonna make out and get it on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like let's add on an entire twenty minutes that weren't even in the comic book that yeah, would yeah, yeah, totally yeah. destroy fandom. Yes. Oh, it, let's, and let's, destroy uh, fandom. The <laughs> puns though. The puns in the memes, though, they were great. Like, Batman and Gordon talking, hey, you got trouble tonight? Yeah, I'm going out with your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Batman is still very good. They actually, the issue that came out today introduced uh, the Joker's new henchwoman called Punchline. So I would tell you how that goes, but I couldn't couldn't get you. I know, right? Uh, What is is Zinger? But uh, like I would tell you how the issue went, but I can't get it because it sold out so fast that the cheapest version you can get of a reprint is fifty-five dollars. What? Kid you not? Because they announced that punchline was coming, and apparently everyone's like already in love with her, despite not hearing her say a single word. Comics, everybody. Uh, well, all right. I guess technically you don't hear her when you read the comic anyway. Number Oof. six. Yeah. Oh, this is bad. This is hard. Wow. <laughs> This is um, this is just not going well. Yeah, it's not going well at all. Hey, kid, uh, this is this is snakes in a plane. I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> I am tired. All these mother having punchlines. I just mother having podcasts. <laughs> it's like I'm here to talk to you about the punchline initiative. No. Uh, okay, number number six. I'm gonna uh, this one. This one's a little bit of an offshoot. Um, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This one came about. Because Black Panther in the comics is now the leader of the Avengers. Like, he mm-hmm. was voted the leader chairman of the Avengers. And he knows that while the Avengers tackle all the global threats, that there's still all these other threats on Earth and beyond that they need to deal with. So he assembles, like, this kind of suicide squad, ragtag, expendables team. And it has, like, you know, they have, they have Kazar from uh, the Savage Land. They have Gorilla Man. They have a brood. Uh, they brought in a hum- uh, not Hummingbird, Mockingbird and uh janet's in there and it's just this really wacky kind of story it's like you know two issue arcs you know mm-hmm. get in get out get it done and it's just it's just really fun storytelling and it's just like hey let's throw as many weird characters together as we can and it works you know so Very sometimes, cool. you just, sometimes you just need to have fun in comics and not have like these long drawn out arcs i'm gonna pl- i'm gonna play producer slash host and okay. see if we can get through the next three very fast. Okay, fine. Justice League, which I put a caveat on because I'm talking about this. Because we're uh, short on the, time. Not this, that, but the the Scott Snyder run, which was like 40 issues long, just got done. But mm-hmm. if you can check it out, that's them versus the Legion of Doom, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, number nine. Uh, gosh. Can you come up with ten? No, I can come mm. up with ten. It's I, I read a lot of comics, but a lot of them have like ended recently, so I, I gotta make sure I can talk about him. But uh, let's see. Oh gosh, so, this is hard. Was like you're trying to 
remember all that you read. Um, <laughs> Any indie oh, comics Nightwing. on the list? Nightwing. Nightwing's on the Nightwing would be on there. They've done a good job since he got shot in the head. That was a thing. Lost his memory. <laughs> became Rick Grayson because mm. that's oh, I know it's it's terrible, but the the story is good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, terrible, this, but it's good. It is no the, the, the when someone just gets shot in the head and all of a sudden oh yeah I don't have any memories of anything but I still have like the That's physical what happens, the, right? the physical memory of yeah. like me being a gymnast and basically being Nightwing it's yeah it's like the reason muscle memory yeah, yeah. muscle memory muscle there, memory yeah, muscle over memory, yeah. cerebral memory okay. yeah pretty much love it yeah and then uh, number ten oh gosh Tokyo Blade Detectives not. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I figured that we teed that up for you. Actually, you should. Nah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to cheat. Um, gosh, I, I know I read more than ten comics, but because I bundle all the X Men series together, I think that kind of. This is very game. true. This is very yeah. true. Um, I'll I'll throw one in for you. If you're not reading Stray Bullets, uh, everyone should be reading Stray Bullets. I have not. I've heard. I've heard good things. Uh, it's, ama- it's it's it is one of the most amazing uh, character driven uh, books. It's a crime book. Uh, but it's it's really a, a a dissection of characters and uh, over a long extended period of time in Baltimore in the eighties. It's most amazing Ooh. book. Uh, still one of my favorite. Still my favorite probably nice. uh, of all time. So go check that out. Todd, tell everyone where they can get your Kickstarter and uh, and they can join in on Tokyo Blade Detectives, which is your number ten. Yep. Uh, yes, it is. I'll, I'll say it uh, to my number 10. Yes, we are on Kickstarter right now. Let's go to kickstarter.com, type, uh, search for Tokyo Blade Detectives number two. And for those of you who didn't get number one, we have plenty of rewards that allow you to get both of the comics digitally or physically. And for those of you who have been around, we still have some of our best rewards, including getting drawn into the comic. Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah, getting some special T-shirts, including one about the one for the Empress of Japan. And uh, we've, I've even offered a reward where I will help you make comics if that is your thing. So very very yeah, cool. Nice. Pl- nice. So we've already hit our funding goal. Now we're just trying to get to however many backers and how much money people will give me. <laughs> well, we wish you the most success, and uh, we hope that people take advantage of it. Uh, Todd Black, ladies and gentlemen, uh, love to have you on next week. Why is everyone so scared of Disney? Found a really great column. About how much time you got of Disney? <laughs> <laughs> how much time you got? Yeah, well, about an hour. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we will see everyone next week. Secrets of the Sun.